Afghanistan, Algeria, Armenia, Egypt, India, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Kurdistan, Lebanon, Pakistan, Palestine, Syria, Turkey, Jordan. Welcome to Radio Antifada. Voices from Calcutta to Casablanca. Voices of struggle. Voices for change. Bringing you news and analysis of people's struggles throughout Southwest Asia and Northern Africa. Brought to you by Swana Collective. KPFK Pacifica Radio. 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. And 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. And streaming live at kpfk.org. Welcome to KPFK. Welcome to Radio uh, Swana, the Southwest Asia and Northern Africa. We are on today for a live show and uh, we are also on a fun drive. So we, we appreciate your support and it will be a great, great things to do to help us. The Our collective has been in existence for 20 years and if it weren't for your contributions, for your generosity, would not have lasted uh, this long. And we would like you to again uh, contribute with as much as you can, uh, this is a community radio, and community radio without you will not be Erin. Uh, uh, and we are at a time when we're desperate for it. The independent radio, the voices that we bring from Southwest Asia and Northern and Africa, are uh, voices that you don't, you're not going to hear in the in the uh, mainstream media. We always address problems and issues and challenges uh, that affect the region uh, from a grassroots perspective, a perspective that is objective, honest, and truthful to the news. So we'd like you to contribute as much as you can. Uh, if you can, uh, call at 818-985-5735 or uh, uh, 800-985-KPFK or go to kpfk.org and pledge uh, on a secure line. Our program today is on Afghanistan. This is uh, a year now since the United States withdraw from Afghanistan and the Taliban's uh, take over. Our guest is Dr. Zaman Stanizai. He's a professor of political science at California State University, Dominguez Hills. He will talk to us about the current situation on the ground uh, and we will address with him issues of the pertaining uh, to the questions of legitimacy, whether the Taliban has earned its legitimacy, whether whether it is a legitimate organiz- uh, uh, governing body. And uh, we talk about with him uh, about uh, the projection or what the claim the Taliban uh, say uh, that they are establishing an Islamic state. The, there are other issues that we'll talk with him, particularly U.S. Uh, foreign policy in Afghanistan, the withdrawal, the state of the refugees, uh, and other issues that are of great importance to the future of the country, particularly the humanitarian conditions in Afghanistan. Uh, Dr. Zaman, uh, are you there? Uh, I think I am. Uh, you are. <laughs> Welcome, uh, Dr. Sanizai. It's a pleasure always having you. Uh, same here. So let's begin with uh, the withdrawal. Uh, now it's uh, this month, uh, uh, a year uh, since that uh, happened. Uh, the, as you know, one of the issues that highlighted uh, that withdrawal is the refugees. Uh, we've seen what's happening in the Ukrainian war, uh, that the West rushed to that situ- to, that, uh, uh, to help the Ukrainian. 
Uh, in the case of Afghanistan, uh, there were at least uh, 100,000 Afghans sought refugees in the United States and other parts of the world. Uh, can you describe to us uh, those efforts and where is uh, that's, uh, that refugee issue now? How many of them are landed in the United States, for example? And uh, has that uh, are the refugees still uh, uh, is that still a problem? Uh, I, 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 to put it simply. Uh, well, um, I uh, think if we look at it from the perspective of uh, cultural uh, relativity, uh, Afghanistan has been sacrificed twice by the West. Uh, for their uh, more um, close-to-the-heart uh, interests of uh, European states. Uh, back in the uh, uh, 90s, uh, 80s and 90s, uh, when the Soviets withdrew, uh, Afghanistan established uh, an independent uh, government, and it was waiting for recognition by uh, the rest of the world, primarily from the West, that supported it against the Soviet invasion. Um, uh, however, uh, the interesting point was that Afghanistan lost close to 2 million people. Poland had lost only six people in the, uh, in the docks uh, in Gdansk. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, coincidentally, the president of Afghanistan and Lech Walesa, the leader of the uh, Solidarity, arrived in, in uh, Washington at the same time. Mm -hmm. When uh, Lech Walesa was received doing a red carpet treatment, a joint uh, meeting of the Congress, the Supreme Court, and the President of the United States, the President of Afghanistan was waiting for a very low uh, rank uh, a meeting with a very, a very low ranking State Department official. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, th that's how, how they treated Afghanistan, because now the Afghans had fought uh, uh, against the Soviet invasion. They had, uh, you know, loss of life, destruction of the country, all those things had happened. But apparently it did not weigh as much in the eyes of the West, particularly the United States, as the um, kind of side effect of the Afghan struggle, which was the events in Poland. So... Mm. Uh, the U.S. Congress and the White House and Supreme Court received the Polish delegation with with uh, all sorts of fanfare and red carpet treatment and all that, whereas the Afghans were just uh, not even recognized. The Afghan government after the fall of the Soviet Union was not even recognized by the mm -hmm. United States. Uh, and the same scenario repeats now that, uh, uh, yes, uh, about a year, a month short of a year ago, um, the Afghan government that the United States was supposed to be supporting, the United States supposed to have installed it, at least helped it, that there was supposed to be a democracy, and yes, there were semblance of it. Um, all of that was given up, partly because uh, the United States' interest shifted from Afghanistan to Ukraine. Mm. And uh, uh, for about a month or perhaps a little longer after the fall of the Kabul regime. Um, the West was very receptive to uh, all the Afghan refugees that were fleeing the Taliban. Uh, and uh, those numbers, they exceeded the 100,000 in Europe and in, in the United States. And uh, uh, they, they were welcomed. Uh, that is very wonderful. 
uh, although at the same time one can look at it that in reality this was speeding up the brain drain from Afghanistan that the uh, the creme de la creme of the society uh-huh. that had evolved in the past 20 years, all of that was kind of sucked out of Afghanistan to leave Afghanistan high and dry. Mm-hmm. And this was going on until the fiasco in uh, Ukraine erupted. And once that happened, Afghans were not just put on the back burner. They were just uh, almost completely ignored and priority was given to the Ukrainians. And uh, all of a sudden, the Ukrainian crisis was a humanitarian crisis and the Afghan crisis was a forgotten one. So when you look at these two parallel scenarios, one of the 1990s and one of the uh, 2021, uh, 2022, mm-hmm. uh, I think there uh, there's plenty of evidence of the cultural of relativism. And I hope that um, uh, the Ukrainian refugees who are here, whose countries have been destroyed and all that, uh, I, I hope that they don't take it in any way personal. Uh, yes, I'm sympathetic to their cause mm-hmm. as well. But uh, I'm, I'm looking at it only from a larger global perspective. Thank you so much for that answer, uh, Dr. Sanazai. Connected to that, uh, the issue of the uh, legitimacy of the Taliban, uh, clearly uh, there were indications that the Western world would deal with the Taliban. Uh, they had their issue, uh, their condition, which was uh, treatment of women. Uh, how? And then there is the issue of the Islamic State. Both issues are, are very imp- important. They are crucial to understand what's happening in, in Afghanistan now. Can you talk a little bit about the legitimacy of the Taliban at this point and in Afghanistan from an Afghan perspective? And uh, some of the decisions that have been made so far, are they representative of an Islamic State? Well, uh, the issue of the Islamic State is a very detailed one. And for those who are interested, if I can plug in my article, How Islamic is an Islamic State, a mm-hmm. theoretical debate on Islamic political order, uh, which has, uh, has appeared on the website of the Cambridge University. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's been there for, for some time. Uh, and that gives a pretty detailed analysis of why I think that an Islamic State is not Islamic. Uh, now, um, the uh, the question again in the context of the East-West conflict, and here by East I mean the Islamic East and the Christian West, and I don't necessarily mean it from uh, a theological point of view, but um, whether we like it or not, there are some of those uh, elements that creep in into uh, into the argument. Um, the thing is that um, again, cultural mm-hmm. relativism. Uh, yeah. For some reason, this word of Western democracy, as much as we may like it here, it deters people outside of the West because then they consider it a Western thing and they keep their distance uh, from Western democracy because now we have claimed it as ours, as Western. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, democracy is a, a universal uh, 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 let's say, concept, all human beings want to live in, 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 uh, under a democratic system of government. And as far as the heritage of democracy goes, the Muslim uh, civilization has contributed to it uh, as much and perhaps in some ways much more than, than the Western civilization uh, from the Greeks on. Um, so uh, because this is called the West, Western democracy, 
uh, and the West somehow somehow uh, mm-hmm. supports all the radical extremist movements in the Muslim world that claim themselves to be Islamic. Therefore, those radicals then in turn reject anything that is Western, including democracy, including human rights, and all the rest of it. And so that uh, brings to fore the question of the legitimacy of the Taliban government. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we have to discuss it from a, let's say, a political science perspective, uh, a state uh, it consists of a government, a people, uh, a geography, a, you know, a territory, mm-hmm. and a recognition. Now, um, where there is a government, it is implied that it's a government uh, of a people, or it represents a people, or it rules over a people. Um, now, the Taliban somehow, in their own adamant way, uh, have no room for anything that should be called a nation, a people, uh, and therefore... Uh, any government that is legitimate has to draw its legitimacy from its people mm-hmm. through election or some whatever other pro- political process is there to draw their legitimacy from. Uh, the Taliban um, uh, feel like uh, their version of Islamic State is to have uh, a, a government apparatus, um, a de facto, uh, mm-hmm. to have that in there, a de facto government apparatus that rules over the country, controls everything. To them, control means government. Uh, To them, being in charge means government. There is no other side to their coin, which would be the people. Uh, People don't exist. There was a draft of a constitution, uh, so to say, that came out recently. And in it, there was only one mention of the word nation, and I somehow feel like it was in response to uh, a comment I made on uh, uh, a local TV in Afghanistan uh, where I raised this issue. So in the entire 110 articles, some 20, 30 page long art, um, document, there was a single mention of a nation that referred to the Afghan people. And uh, again, mm-hmm. to use the Islamic standards, the uh, Quran clearly uh, demands uh, of people, including the government, that they consult um, the consultation. Wamarohum shura bainahum implies that that people ought to consult. The one thing that there does not exist in any form or shape among the Taliban is to consult the people, to invite them to an assembly a national assembly that we have, a grand national assembly, uh, a tradition which we have had for centuries. None of that has any, uh, any role, any significance uh, with them. And in many ways, it indicates the interference of our, of our wonderful neighbors, the Pakistanis, uh, uh, to be specific, the Pakistan uh, Central uh, the, the Intelligence, the ISI, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who... Uh, try to establish uh, an Afghan state uh, that would be a shadow of Pakistan uh, ideologically, theologically, militarily, and politically. Therefore, they don't want anything that has any nationalistic tone, nationalistic undertone, overtone, 
uh, uh, anything that has to do with the nation. And for that reason, the Taliban have got rid of the national flag, of the national assembly, of the national parliament, of anything that has the word nation or national in it. And so, in, in essence, uh, everybody understands that the Taliban government is, in essence, an extension of the Pakistani ISI operation, uh, who seek a, a strategic depth, sorry, mm-hmm. strategic depth against uh, uh, India, because in essence, Pakistan is um, just India uh, with a, a, a pinch of uh, uh, Islamic ideology. Without the uh, Islamic ideology, Pakistan does not exist. That is, religion is its source of identity, and by religion, I don't mean. Um, worshipping, but rather um, uh, theocratic, uh, political, ideological, slash whatever other words we can add. So whatever that Islam means, that's what Pakistan is, and they want to create a shadow version of that uh, within Afghanistan, and that's why their emphasis has always been to have an Islamic state, because then the Islamic state will oppose, ideally, supposedly, the Pakistani nemesis, India, uh, and if Afghanistan has a more nationalistic uh, mm-hmm. uh, state, uh, sorry, a nationalistic government, uh, and in that case, uh, Pakistan feels threatened, one, because of their uh, the second largest minority, ethnic minority in Pakistan are Pashtuns, who are ethnically Afghan, and they feel threatened by that. And the other thing is that Pakistan does not want to be sandwiched between India and, Pakistan, and Afghanistan. And therefore, uh, they cannot, they can't afford to allow, uh, and I would use the word allow in, uh, in quotations. They can't afford to allow uh, to have a, a strong na- nation state, a nationalistic state uh, in Afghanistan. Okay. And uh, everyone considers that the fall of the previous regime was due to the Pakistani interference. And it was not coincidental that the Kabul regime fell on Pakistan's National Day, which is August 15. Dr. Sanazai, let me stop you there. We need a, a break to give uh, again uh, to uh, say thank you to our uh, uh, sponsor, our uh, uh, the people who support this station, uh, and uh, to ask them a little bit more. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, come back to you for more questions. Uh, stay tuned. Don't don't go away. Uh, the uh, what you just heard is really what's. Uh, this station is all about uh, bringing uh, guests to who know the region, who gives you a perspective from that region, and who are uh, uh, doing this on their own time uh, and uh, for what they see as important, uh, not only to them, but to the community of listeners, you the listeners. We do appreciate you very much. and uh, and uh, But at this time, uh, as we all have been saying all this week, as my uh, a colleague said it earlier, uh, community support is really, really critical uh, to, for KPFK. Uh, as you know, a lot of public radio are uh, uh, face issues, uh, financial issues, and, uh, uh, and to put this program on uh, require a lot of uh, efforts and money. Uh, uh, this station is 100% uh, or has 100% of its programming and productions, uh, production budget comes uh, from you, the listeners. 
Uh, and while this is not required uh, of you, uh, we would like hope uh, and hope very much uh, that you can contribute as much as you can and uh, to do the right thing. Uh, and the right thing is basically to uh, perhaps in your own way, uh, you can save that uh, cup of coffee that you pick at a local uh, uh, business near you or your, on your way to drive and uh, use that uh, saving uh, as your contribution uh, to uh, th this station. Uh, your contribution is welcomed and appreciated. Please call us at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK or go to kpfk.org and pledge uh, securely online. Please do so. Please help us, help the station so that we can continue uh, this program. Uh, Dr. Sanazai, uh, welcome back. Uh, this is what we do in order to get this programs, uh, this kind of programs uh, continue. And uh, to continue, appreciate your contribution uh, and uh, the, the listeners appreciate your contribution. Certainly, you raise a lot of issues with uh, 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 with uh, the concept of Islamic State, uh, what it means, the connection of the Taliban uh, to the Pakistani uh, system or regime. Uh, all those are very, very important questions, uh, important answers, and um, I'm sure we'll come back to them another time. Let me take you to another uh, area. Uh, the Doha agreement, uh, and particularly what happened last uh, th this past uh, week, the assassination of Al-Qaeda leader, and uh, some were questioning that the United States has reneged on its uh, agreement by simply not, uh, by simply agreeing uh, not to attack uh, 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 Islamic leaders in, in its country, uh, in Afghanistan. How impactful is this assassination on the stability of, of Afghanistan? Uh, well, um, uh, for one, uh, th th this was a clear violation of the uh, uh, state of Afghanistan, whether we accept that government there or not, that, that's the <coughs> thing. Uh, in other words, the United States or the West has a free hand at uh, going to any country, attacking any leader, any person they want, and that's one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, here I'm talking about the principle of it. Um, uh, the second thing is uh, you mentioned the Doha Agreement, and uh, here again, uh, we don't know what was signed. There's not enough transparency, uh, and uh, that is my other bone to pick with the Taliban is that um, if they consider themselves "quote unquote" Islamic, they better come clear, uh, come clean, uh, and and share with the nation what is it that they had signed uh, with their uh, longtime enemy, which is the United States. Um, we we don't know anything there. Only now they are saying that what the United States is in terms of uh, 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 attacking, uh, having this drone attack to kill uh, Zawahiri is that there was a violation of the Doha Agreement. Perhaps it was, but we wouldn't know unless we have some clear uh, documents, some clear evidence that certain things were agreed upon and signed, and uh, that, uh, the, uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that the United States was in violation of those. So if we don't have enough transparency, transparency to know what 
the terms were, we cannot claim that certain terms were violated. We have to see the terms first before we claim that there was a violation of it. But on the principle of it, as I said, um, uh, it seems like uh, uh, regardless of recognizing the Taliban as a government, if any government, uh, I mean, if the Taliban, for instance, has the, the capacity to do the same thing, uh, I, I don't think Americans would be happy about it. In a way, uh, 9-11, whoever was responsible for it, is a, a good example of that, because we, uh, someone from somewhere attacked uh, the United States of America, and we were not happy about it. So obviously, uh, people in Afghanistan are not happy about this, um, and that does not necessarily mean that they are endorsing, approving of, or like the, uh, the Taliban government. Uh, the Taliban certainly have uh, their followers, their uh, adherents, uh, uh, but but that's a different issue. Can you uh, uh, very briefly, Doctor Sanizai, if I may, we're running out of time. Uh, uh, conditions inside uh, Afghanistan. How can you describe them? Uh, pretty economic, dire, political. Pretty yeah. Yes, yeah, so the the Taliban are in charge of the uh, apparatus of the government. But uh, as far as uh, I mean, if I can make a judgment, they do not know how to run government. Mm -hmm. uh, the people who have taken charge are the ones who have qualified, and again, qualified in quotations, because they have fought against the enemy of the country, the Americans, and therefore they are, they are qualified to be in charge of the government. There is no qualification in terms of skills, abilities, talents, um, you know, things to run a government. They don't have that. Most of them don't have that. There are some people here, there from the previous government who uh, have uh, who are there somehow either by default by choice or otherwise so um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, there is a lot of food shortage there is starvation on top of that comes the earthquake and some floods here and there uh, so um, some of the international uh, organizations claim that um, uh, upwards of 18 million people are either on the verge of starvation are pretty close to it. Uh, and so Doctor, uh, with the Taliban being in charge, simply claiming the world has to recognize us whether we qualify or not, that doesn't cut it for the people because it's the people who suffer. Thank you so much, Dr. Sanazai. We have to leave it there. And until next time, uh, thank you so much. Uh, that was Dr. Uh, uh, Zaman Sanazai, a professor of political science uh, department uh, at California State University, uh, Dominguez Hills. Let me just again go back to uh, your uh, support, uh, the listeners. Uh, we are uh, at Fund Drive, and uh, your support is very is critical uh, for the station. Uh, we, as, as you know, uh, sometimes we take things for granted. What we're asking you is to make sure uh, that you don't uh, take KPF cable granted because your financial, without your financial support, there will not be uh, a more programming, the kind of programs that you hear today. Let, please uh, call now 818-985-5735. Uh, that's 818-985-KPFK or go to kpfk.org and pledge securely online. Uh, I, this is, we come to the end of our program. Let me thank my collective Swana uh, and uh, our engineer uh, Wendell. Uh, thank you again and uh, until next week, keep uh, supporting us and bye.